Hello. I look forward to today. I want to greet you all. I'm so happy you're all here today. Look forward to this talk. It's always a great collaborative effort of trying to make change happen, of allowing God to just break through to us while we're going through this change. So as we start off, I'm hoping to ask my brothers to be present. Are you there, Padre Paul? Yes, I am. Can you see me? Pandre, could I have you start with the opening prayer since Bobby isn't here? Sure. Absolutely. That'd be wonderful. Hi, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was on mute. (laughs) Uh, I know what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's from Corinthians 2. And we say, O Lord, hear our prayer. Let us be faithful in our innocence. Let us be faithful in that which brings us closer to you. Let us be faithful in the true identity of a supernatural God who is all power and goodness, a supernatural God who can bring us out of the prison and misery of our mind and into the heart, into the womb, into the everlasting. Your cosmic reality is just what we need to answer the ills of the day. We need the medicine of your mercy, Lord. We need the medicine of your wisdom. We need the comfort of your grace. We need the sweetness of your perfection. Let your perfume guide us into the most innocent, restful place that we could imagine. Let it be done in your name, your holy name. And I say, amen. Beautiful, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. That was so wonderful. So today, as you heard, there were three different quotes, and I'd like to, again, read them to you because they have pertinence with what we're going to share today. And the first one's going to be from Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The Gautama Buddha said, if we could see the miracle of a single flower clearly, our whole life would change. Mm. And through the Gospel of Thomas, saying number 48, Jesus said, if the mind and the heart unite within the house they share, which is the self, then matter will be as malleable as the mind, because it is the mind. Then the self will say to the mountain, move, and it will move. Since we are often working on miracles here, we often have forgotten where it starts. And the difficulty with where it starts has to do with our minds. I have to be honest that in creating this talk, my mind got in the way. <laughs> which is not totally unusual, but I have in the past been 
fine with it. But the moment Padre gave me this, and if we're talking about the whole re-entry, this whole conversation, mm -hmm. Bobby's talk last week, which is about the new normal, and Padre's talk next week, they're all about how are we going to re-enter into our lives here, into, into the world, which is not just about jobs and money and stuff. It's who do we want to be? We've talked about how this could be a retreat. This could be a place where we really dive more deeply into knowing ourselves. And I found that when Padre gave me the, my topic, which was, uh, it was first just called mental breakdown. So, <laughs> I was like, am I supposed to have one <laughs> or talk about it? <laughs> it's okay. You're welcome to laugh because it is really funny. So it was great because it brought up for me the very issues that I have been working on a long time and where all the spots are that I need help in. So some of the ways that I want, I hope to approach this again is going to be through maybe a little bit from the Buddhist path. So my perception of mental breakdown, which is really breaking free from old patterns, which is kind of what we're getting a chance to look at while we're alone in in place, but it has to be our willingness to surrender our attachment to all the minds that we possess. We possess a lot of minds. We have a mind about money. We have a mind about toilet paper. We have a mind about my personal freedom and social distancing and what am I going to eat for dinner and who am I going to, where am I going to buy it? Who am I going to order it from? And there's so many minds going on. We don't understand that we, we have heard it referenced as a monkey in the machine or all sorts of different things, and we laugh about it, but we don't ever take any focus on it. And the Buddha was one of those people that I believe Jesus also was teaching, as you saw in the Gospel of Thomas. I think a lot of his teachings, especially in the Gospel of Thomas, were trying to get his disciples to clean up that mind and make it empty, get it really close to God. Because if we don't surrender those attachments to all the minds we habitually use and commit to, finally, no mind, or emptiness with God, because God is actually emptiness. It's the quantum field or space. Then what happens is, if we can do that, we with God then to, can decree any miracle, because we're all in charge of this universe. We're all creating it, but we're busy with many minds. Just think, if all those minds are going on in your, in your head, and we're creating the universe, how is that creating other forces that are just hitting things out there? That contributes to the chaos. Whatever we are is reflected outside of us as above, so below. But for that to happen, we must go through the path of the hero. And this is what Bobby was trying to get us to look at last week, because he was trying to understand how are we addressing this and which version of that hero's path are we trying to, to do to look at that. And until we face our personal habits of how we currently are using our mind while we are sheltered in place, because this is the place where there's really no other interference to actually, you know, when we're busy, we're traveling, we've got dates, we got appointment books. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you're doing a lot of stuff on, on Skype or video, but there's a chance that there's good, that we're actually letting that override the ability to actually pause and take a look at what am I doing with my time, with my mind? What am I doing with my ability to be present with the divine? How can I know God or hear God better if I'm busy only listening to the other voices saying, hey, you just rolled over your blanket and you can't get up close to the screen? <laughs> it's at every moment. There's no, there's no getting away from this place because as soon as we're quiet, we have contact. And we often find that that's only what we do at a retreat. That's only what we do in prayer. That's only what we do in meditation. We, we have these excuses about how we could be something different. So what we have to do is face those habits of how we use our mind. We have to open to the assistance from all higher teachers, guides, and saints. 
And we have to be willing to surrender and commit to no mind, which is God, which is no mind means all mind. When we are committing to God, we're committing to no mind. And then we can really know God ourselves and create miracles. We can be in charge of decree. But there's not the personality, because all the minds want to get involved with miracles. It's the mind goes, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get healing. I wonder if this happens, including after miracle happens, those many minds come on and say, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to tell my doctor? How am I going to tell my friends? Can I write a book about this? There's all sorts of things that happen that aren't just the presence of, thank you, God, for everything. What's next? Thank you, God, for everything. What's next? So with that, I think I was going to take you on a little journey. And what I hope to do is take you to, through the, my version of several steps of the path of the hero, heroine. It really doesn't matter. No gender here. You are beingness. And how do we approach this? It, particularly from the point of view of we're in shelter in place and we, within a month or two months or three months, have to go back to some kind of life purpose. But who are we, are we going to be? It's not about what's outside that determines who we're going to be. It's who we are inside. So it's a really good pause button for us all to really consider how do I want to be with the divine as I go back to life. Some of us may change our attitude, our jobs, et cetera, physically out there, but it's not so much that I'm not going to be changing anything other than showing up more of who I need to be. So there's no physical change that is out there I need to make with things. So maybe technology-wise and the social distancing and how I'm going to arrange my classes with people sitting six feet apart from each other. I don't know how that's going to work. But we'll figure that all out. But I can't show up being in fear and make that the reason I'm six feet across. I mean, literally in my knowingness, on a walk, I can tell who has corona and who doesn't. So, Or who has a stage of it. I can just look at them and it's more like seeing if somebody's in bad mood. You can picture that already. You already know if somebody's in a bad mood, you can kind of take your space from them. Why not open up the dialogue to even more? God, show me, should I be careful touching this hand railing? Instead of every single railing, I'm going, oh my God, you know, compulsive washing, compulsive washing. There's no skin left on my hands. Now, I'm not asking you to be silly and new age here and just pretend nothing's happening. You got to take all the precautions and the steps you need to. That's why the science is important, but it's really important to understand where we're looking at this from. So what I did was I took a movie that some of you may have seen. This may not be your cup of tea, but it's a movie called The Last Samurai. It is a movie that had Tom Cruise in it. So if you like him or dislike him, Yahoo or ooh, sorry. And in it, I'm not going to follow the story. I'm trying to use parts of the story to tell this story. So in that general story, he is set in the 1800s. He is from America and a cavalry officer. And his past is dark because he was ordered to put down Indian uprisings when he was more associated and thought them as more alive than his regular white compatriots. And he had a lot of guilt. He was commissioned to come to Japan to help the emperor who wanted to come into the 20th century and have locomotives and everything helped shut down a samurai resistance. And the samurai were considered to be the emperor's bodyguard. They had a code of honor and it was more tribal, kind of like the Indians. So when he comes there, he's supposed to battle them and unfortunately he gets captured in the beginning and he has to go through a shelter in place because they give him some freedom, but only within their area. They know he can't get through the mountains and get away. So rather than tie him up or anything, they treat him a little differently and he's allowed to be in a transition state. That's the nature of the story. I don't want to go more into it because I'm going to skip out many scenes that are important. Instead, I want to talk about it in terms of the path of the hero 
the warrior that we are, the, the disciple that we are. To me, a warrior and a disciple are the same thing. It's a focus, it's a discipline, it's a commitment, it's a way of life. So we currently have a way of life that's about our minds. So the first stage is realizing we're stuck, stuck in the minds that we have, in the old way that we have, and desiring more but not knowing what to do about that. This might be how you look every morning when you wake up in your room going, oh my God, it's the same place. <laughs> and the same issues. Oh my God, what's tea for breakfast? <laughs> my Starbucks. How many Zoom conference calls do we have today? Now, our guardian angel, the most quiet one, is always right. We'll even maybe acknowledge it. But because of our mind, it can't talk to us. This is the way we have resistance to knowing. And so here we are in shelter in place, kind of not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go. I'm wondering if there's any help. I mean, well, he's being introduced to many different customs and cultures. That's how maybe as you've been involved, taking a lot of things for granted. He comes from a disciplined background, but he doesn't have it. They're just, we don't realize the whole time that we're dragging around and carrying our baggage with us. Yet we're drawn to something I kind of picked up that you've never seen before and you're wondering why. And then, comes that awareness yeah, and somewhere along the line we get the nudge time to start learning wherever that place is we go in our dreams or in a book in a prayer time we realize i need to go deeper so the second thing is while i might be curious and many of you may be further along on this path that i'm describing but still there's always another nature of going deeper the second step is finding something to believe in and trying on those clothes so with that, again, we want to understand what does that mean? What does that mean to, to actually put on those clothes? When we decide we want to actually get involved, maybe try something, and a new guide shows up, a new teacher. First of all, was just trying to do your morning ritual. Top guide says, yeah, you're ready to learn a little bit more. No matter whether you're reading a book, praying, top guide says, well, not yet, not ready. You realize it takes more than just some practice and then being reminded of an icon how the day live or the day do might be time to make a commitment to something wearing a medal represents the path you want to follow and then when we put it on there's still the ego that wants to imagine what it'd be like to be like this so we have a little playing of games Wondering if anybody notices. Luckily, our inner child will always show up and go, except it's finally happy that the ego is changing, that there is an attraction to something higher. It's still clumsy. Most important teaching. It's so hard to get home. It's so hard doing this. I want to do that for my monks or novices. <laughs> So what has to happen is we must finally decide to accept that we can't understand. That we actually don't know what we're doing and we don't know where to go. When we finally will do that, what will happen is a new awareness comes. We can finally realize there's something we can be aware of. Even in our own home, can you feel the presence in your room right now? and everything around you and that's a truism a lot of times what will happen is when you finally become aware rather than fighting your dream time starts to become more clear 
Because it's in dream time, you work out your day all the time. It's in dream time where the many minds has to come to some resolution that I can't control anything. But when you finally are down with, I don't know what I'm doing. Sometimes what happens is we open up during dream time and we sleep. <laughs> From there comes the next challenge. Okay, if I'm going to really do this, then there's a surrendering that I must do. In that surrendering, I need to actually let go and allow it to take me. I need to use the teaching that I learned and live it. Meanwhile, our guides are betting on us. How long is it going to take? And we'll still go about our day the same way and have a little thing happen and be upset about it. Trying. And the teacher never goes up on us. Finally, that moment comes, we decide to apply the lesson. In no mind, you see the future, you see the past. You become aware of the outcomes of your choices. You understand. And instead of a battle, it becomes a dance. And then you come to balance. Just balance. Teacher knows it, acknowledges it, and you know that you're ready to move on to the final next step. The next step is again something that we think that we have to be outside to do, and I'll use the next scene as an outside scene. And we do get to go for walks, but we often go for walks with many minds. So we're busy thinking the entire time, thinking, 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 thinking. Instead of understanding, nature is offering us the opportunity to actually see and know everything that can support us, everything that life's truly about, that a miracle exists at any time. And often we meet that new teacher. It keeps us locked down with our shame. Once we understand that life is about God in every breath, not God on Sundays or God at Wednesday Zoom call, God in every breath, God in every cup of tea, God as I'm doing the dishes, God as I'm doing the homework, or washing my clothes, God in every moment. This is what this retreat is. This is what the shelter in place is really offering all of us a chance to, to do, to be, to have. And then finally, we have to re-enter. We actually have to go back and try this in the world. And we have to acknowledge those that have helped us. It's about gratitude, faith in the gift, and re-entry. And with that, we have to recognize the Divine Feminine has always been helping us. Kind of like our inner feminine side, the softness, the nurturance, what creates this earth. There's an intimacy with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we just want to hunker down and stay at home. We're afraid of going out again because it'll lose this softness, this gentleness, this insight we have. And the Holy Spirit can often be a little bit sad because we think we're leaving it. They're recognizing it will go wherever we go. We're still not ready to know that. Again, if we're lucky and we're ready, inner child to come forward and say, don't leave without the gift. The gift that you have had. Take it with you and own it. Commit to listening all the time. Because if you don't do it, there's no healing that will happen. So, are you ready to read that gift this time? Well, I don't know how that affects any of you, but you know, I'd like to bring Padre and Bobby in here. Thank you for being so patient. I, Padre, I'm kind of curious with, for you, during um, the shelter in place, have you had any new experiences with God that you've come to believe in? Is there something you can't understand currently? What are you becoming aware of? You know, what are some minds or old habits you've noticed? They don't have to be complicated. Ones you need to surrender. And then how do you achieve no mind? 
you know, you can pick any one of those or none of those, but I'd, I'd be curious to understand what it is, how you experience that. <laughs> I love videos and I love the character that Tom Cruise created. It, it was really about sheltering into place. I love that, that category in a sense, because like all of us, there is a calling within a calling within what we're doing right now. And for me, that's a, can be a challenge like anything else. What I, was I, what I was aware of in my, call it sheltered into place, something that I was not familiar with, but yet it shows up, is when I'm in my place with God, when I'm in my prayer time, when I'm in my presence, what I realized was when I'm in presence, I'm in eternity. And that really just shifted me. And this, I've been pondering that the last couple of weeks. And it's like, because I say, well, I always want presence. Well, if eternity is present and it is now past, present, and future, why am I not staying in eternity, which in my viewpoint is that peace, that presence, that just, I crave it. It's there. So for me to, discipline myself to be in this presence. When I'm in my prayer chair, when I'm in the morning, I have all my bells and whistles around me, but yet I center in on God. And what I found was when I stopped, when I stopped being in present moment and thinking about the future, my future, celebrating life's future, since it's an unknown, there's this little fear starting to build up. And I'm almost inquisitive with it right now because I can't figure out, is it here? Is it here? Is it outside of me? That's kind of saying, yoo-hoo, I'm here. You know, it's time to worry. It doesn't affect me, but it's there. And what I found was if I get back to my presence, the eternity, that just seems to go away. So I really, in my focus on my prayers and then also in my dedication to serving the community, I really do have to step into this place. And like what I would use the term, step into my vow. I've heard it from many people that says, we were born for a time as this. And I totally agree, 100%. What I'm feeling is in sheltering in place, sometimes it's like the cocoon, this, the butterfly that's having a metamorphosis. It's like, I feel it. well, I want out, but there's something I have to do. There's that expectation of waiting, 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 and then eventually I will fly. And that's the kind of the feeling I have. And to me, there, that's what the scripture says, deep calleth unto deep, meaning right now I am going deeper. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to that place of the unknown. And for me, that really, it's exciting, but it also, there's fear with that because I really want to know doesn't God know everything? And he does. When Runroth passed away, I was kind of in my little dither. I was in another sheltered place, so to speak, for about two years. And I started a prayer group in my home. And for my necessities, so I could talk to somebody, but also then we prayed for one another. And for two years, we had this group, about 10 people. And since we have let go of that, but they've been my very close friends. And one of them the couple, this couple, the husband has severe de dementia now, and the wife is actually still taking care of him. 
in the home and it's been escalating this week. And I talked to her yesterday and she made a decision to put him in a, a care facility. And with that came all the fear because of the coronavirus and you got to quarantine, got to be in a separate room, you know, and all the fears. And she said, I'll never see him in a, a year or two now. And all that fear was coming in. So I prayed for her and I go, well, I understand that. That's man's way. But what about God? God can think and he's in control. And so she made that decision yesterday. Today, she called and says, well, she had to call the police because her husband was just very physical for her. And so she made the decision that she was going to put him in a, a place. But yet when she called, they says they can't take him. And it's like, and now I say, and I, so today I said, I think God is answering our prayer because we don't know what the outcome is going to be. But God's on the field right now. And it got her attention because we all want to control situations because we think, what's this going to, our own environment, how is, how we're going to respond to it? Or is there going to be a job waiting for me? And for her, she had a pause. And I love that pause because to me, that's where the Holy Spirit came in and really allowed grace to say, okay, well, I'll take a breath and let's wait for the next step. And so now we're waiting on that next step. But she's not as, you know, if you're losing a loved one, you're going to fight for that. She, they've been with each other for, I think, 55 years. So to have your loved one in a place where no one knows and you can't visit, that is terrifying. Mm -hmm. So just like the cocoon, we're waiting for the breakthrough. And for me, for me to understand that I have a place that I can help another person. That's what my vow is. That's what our community is being asked to step up into, to use this time, use the gift God has given us, because without it, we're really going to, we're going to die on the vine. Yeah. And I want to use every gift that God has given me to, even if I can't fly to California and be in the retreat or the west of heaven or the east of heaven, I can be here today in present with eternity and allow God's grace to manifest. Yes. I think we all will eventually realize that like in the film, the recognition, even I didn't know that until I watched the film, that samurai means to be of service. Yeah. And what brings us, as you were saying, Padre, to, to service, uh, and to God, is service. Yeah. But service with fear and service with the desire to fix is not God, that's control again. And so sometimes I feel the same way, again, about this talk, where it's like, well, how can I make this clear with them instead of because that's my concern that people get it. Yeah. Service with an outcome, with an agenda on the other side is not God's service. That's yeah. the individual one. But how you were dealing with this woman and helping her see the pause in herself. So there's not an agenda. We're just realizing this can unfold. And it can unfold in the way that we're supported. And a miracle could happen, but it has to start with no agendas. Yeah. And it's hard at times, especially if you're going through it. I can be the witness, but... Isn't that what people are looking for? Somebody who has strength and they trust in that. To me, it's just the light of Christ. I mean, I would use that term. So in that scene where they were dueling with the bento blades or whatever they are, the wooden ones, he was fighting all the time before that with fear. And I remember doing this in martial arts, playing with mm -hmm. fear. I did it with basketball at first in the middle ground, but I, I learned to love, love it. Or I learned to just decide to be at peace with it. And all of a sudden I was doing things I never could do before. I could jump higher than I ever 
ever could do before. I wasn't afraid as fists were coming at me. I could see them ahead of time and block them and already be moving. And as he did in the end, if you get rid of all the fear minds, which are, what do I do with this? And how do I fix this? And how do I stop this? And where am I going to make that happen? Where's the money coming from? And, and then what happens if we can stop all that? A lot of times the action that we take is the solution. I agree 100%. It is about there to practicing the presence, but you're tapping into the greater information that's out there instead of the mind is really tapping into the heart. So love that. Bishop Bob, so how is sheltering in place working for you? Have you had new experiences with God? I know you always do. Or new ones to you, you know, because there's always another step. Is there something that you currently can't understand and, and becoming aware of? Are there any minds that are old habits that you're watching that are new to you? I know you're very aware of many of those minds and you take action on them. We all do. I mean, they're never gone. Part of it is just learning, oh, here's a new one. It's up and I just got to deal with um, fear about the lack of how cold or hot it is. Uh, is my, I'm not going to be able to plant my flowers this year like I wanted to or something. I have another solution. I'm like, oh, well, I can have pictures in the background that are flowers. <laughs> how do you achieve no mind, Bishop Bobby? How do I achieve no mind? Well, I don't think I'm there. <laughs> but I've learned to not necessarily depend on the mind as the ultimate authority. Let's just say that. But I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to share something that kind of summed up the beginning of shelter in place for me. If you believe that this will end in two weeks and that everything will be back to normal, raise your hand. Now slap yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my beginning. Of <laughs> I was angry and I was frustrated. I was really heartbroken. I thought, gosh, you know, as a, as a as a humanity, we just keep doing things to keep ourselves in bondage mm -hmm. or to be a weapon to others. And it, it just kind of broke my heart. So I really struggled in the beginning with, with just that piece. As hard as the mind tries, like the, the beautiful clips that you showed of the, of, in the films, as hard as the mind tries, it's never going to be successful. It's, it's a losing proposition from the very beginning because it's dead. And it, it's filled with the past. It's filled with pain. And the only thing that's real is the presence that's all around us. The color, the beauty, the unbelievable miraculousness of everyday life. And now I find I used to, I used to sort of like hide to when I would walk around and pictures of flowers and that kind of thing. But now I'm just very bold. I'll, I'll be in the middle of a conversation and I'll just see a flower and I'll just walk over and go, oh, I have to take a picture of that flower. Because I really, I really want to wanna have that experience forever. Again, that's the mind grasping, but at least it's grasping on, on something that has some, some neutrality where what currently is in the mind is all about pain and bondage in the past yeah so i've been doing a lot of processes breathing processes and meditations of, of oneness we do that kind of thing every day and have lengthy dialogues with the divine and so on but what i also discovered is that i'm getting more in touch with wanting to have sacred space around me because i sort of had it and then i got really busy and it sort of was in a dilapidated state and now it's coming back to its bloom so I have flowers all around me today because the bloom is coming back. And my 
my heart is is open again to how I really want to exist in the world. It's not just completely driven, but but it is about experiencing the the presence. And I've always had that commitment, but sometimes I get lost in doing and being in service, but not in service in the way that the divine is asking, in service in the way the mind is saying. And so that that's really becoming very clear to me. So a lot of things that I'm really examining with intention and, and awareness, when I think that I'm in service versus when the divine is asking me to be in service, and they're very, very different. And so I've had to question some very natural things that where I want to be in, in service. And when the divine's like, there's nothing to do there, back away, leave that alone. And I want you to focus on this. This is what I really need you to put your energy on, your prayers on, your consciousness on, your heart on, because that's what's, that's what's up, not, not this, this fantasy about what service looks like. And, and it brought me back to this really beautiful teaching. And I think you probably know about this. There, there was a man who lived from 1834 to 1892. His name was C.H. Spurgeon. And he wrote this thesis basically called Better Than Wine. And I just wanted to read this first little part. And he's talking about Christ's love. And, I, and that can be the, the love of the divine or the love of God, however it fits for each listener. But for me, Christ's love is beautiful. And it says, Christ's love is better than wine because of what it is not, because it may be taken without question, because it is to be had without money, because it is to be enjoyed without cloying, because it is without less, because it will never run dry and it will never be sour. So there's no ill effect from the love of the divine. And it's only when we try to manipulate that do we create some sort of distortion or some sort of fabrication of what, the, what that is. So I feel like as Padre often helps us to understand, you can't put new wine in old wineskin. And that teaching, you know, it's, it's a very delicate teaching. And he said it so many times, and I've interpreted it so many times, but I really feel like I'm, I'm beginning to live it where I can't just be the same and, and, and hope to experience the divine in its fullness. That's good, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, one of the other things I'd like to bring up to conversation is, and it's as much for you out there listening that aren't able to unlike and talk to us, but I was kind of wondering, have you had any particular shelter in place experiences that you, you've really noticed that affect you? Maybe it's your animals, maybe this is you. <laughs> or maybe you have somebody that's close by that's like this. <laughs> oh my God, yes. And or realize that this is. <laughs> I'd rather have that be God's television than just the television. But anyways, I was kind of curious if either one of you had had any unique or, because sometimes you got, you got to put on the chicken suit and you got to think things are funny too. 
<laughs> when you realize that you've done something really idiotic because it's just routine in your home and you're kind of going brain dead after a while. And then how do you shift that? Yeah. Well, usually I step in to do something outside because I have a nice yard. And I decided, well, I was going to clean my grill because it's grilling time. So I cleaned off all the shelves and got new tank of gas. And I was so happy. So then I fired it up and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, God. You know, there's a little whining that normally happens. So then I surrendered and it's like, okay. Just like sheltering into place, it's going to be something new. And so I agree to that with God. It's like, all right. I see my neighbor take his girl out to the garbage for the garbage to pick up. I go, wow, that's strange. And that was two days ago. Guess what? I'm going to have to do that for me right now. And lo and behold, I got a gift today that will pay for this new grill. And I go, there's the mind of God. But the key was I surrendered it instead of trying to manipulate it. So, I mean, that's my little story for today. I really understand, Padre. I got a simple one like that, too, because walks are enough. But I've had a bicycle that I haven't ridden for eight years. And it was a good, I love riding a horse, riding a bicycle was my spiritual practice when I was a kid. It was like meditation from a past life of riding horses or something. And uh, I got my bike all cleaned up and, and didn't realize I had an allergy <laughs> So the cover is all in my nose. And then I get the bike rack down there and I realize that the actual, it has some locks on it, but I don't have a key for it. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting this already and I'm going to go and I'm not going to leave it anywhere where anybody can take it. And I get it on my little bumper guard in my car and I realize there's no crosshatch. I go, oh. <laughs> so I haul everything back upstairs and go, okay, I'm, I'm fine. I'm released. I let go. And then my guy just said, go look at the name of the bike rack. And I said, well, you know, I don't. And they said, go look at the name of the bike rack. And I just typed it and Googled it. And there was a, a pin that fits it and a key with a lock that'll work. And so I ordered it figuring, well, uh, it'll probably never come, you know I mean? With the mail and other things that are more. Right. Shit. Yeah. It came within two days. And the key that locks it into the little lock on the hatch also is the key that goes into the slot that, that makes the locks work. So God provided all the solutions and I was off bike riding. And then the next level is, oh, my butt hurts. <laughs> That's your problem. <laughs> so, since I got on a bike, so that it's a little different than sitting in a chair. But again, oh, yeah. for okay. sure. Bobby, you've got any funny story or interesting thing that you've had in sheltering place? My history in, as a nurse has been, you know, I've, I've worn masks for many years, for like 30 years in the operating room. Wow. And so it was the funniest thing, walking down the street wearing a mask, that is what I experience as kind of uh, the holy of holies type of wear. But when I was walk walking down the street in broad daylight, I actually felt kind of naked and exposed. It was a, it was a really weird feeling. So then I, I started paying attention to different masks that people are wearing. And some of them, they're, they're handmade, they're made out of socks or they're made out of other clothing or scarves and things. And I really started taking delight in watching people with their masks. And then, and then I've started kind of collecting photos of people with different types of masks on. So I just think it's funny and it's cute. And it kind of normalized the experience because what I used to think of as sacred wear because it was in the operating room. All right. Then it made me feel really vulnerable. And I felt it was weird being outside with that. 
And now I'm just having great delight. And today I was on Instagram and, and I saw this lady, this video of this lady who, who made some different masks and was just cracking up. She was just full of so much joy. And it really, it was, it was medicine. It was exactly what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to share some of those with us. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, well, plus I'm really delighted. I mean, there's a few people in our community who are amazing mask makers. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just so talented. And I mean, it's it's like this inspiration is coming out during this time. It's it's really great. We're, we're really blessed. I think when we finally do get to come back together, maybe our bookstore will be filled with all kinds of homemade, delightful masks, or, you know. <laughs> So, and I'd like to buy one. <laughs> I'd like to buy a cloth one because I'm oh, I would there you go. Yeah. I decided to go out and get the Buddha mask. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. I've got a Mary mask too. I didn't have, unwrap that one, but it, it creates great conversation when you go to stores and stuff. They're like, oh, that's really cute. Where can I get one? <laughs> that's great. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, for those of you that do have to go, I'm still not going to rush this through because I still have a couple things that they're telling me it's still important for us to talk about. So the next thing I was just going to ask you both is, have you had any new guides show up that you were unaware of before or go deeper with a guide currently that you've been talking to, but the information, like in the, in the video that we're showing, there were different levels of guides that approached him as he was ready to hear information. And I, for instance, although Jesus has been somebody I've been talking to, I haven't been talking to him. So I mentioned, I think, on the last talk that this was something that was important and he wanted to have a lot of conversations. In fact, all night he wanted to be in conversation, which means he didn't talk. He just gave me presence. That's what I kept feeling. But that was a new thing to realize that this has to be regular, not just sometimes. And to me, the miracle was, because are we going to experience that space? Have you experienced any miracles as well as we as you've been going through this? And maybe you haven't, maybe you have but again if anything comes to you the holy spirit's telling you say i think it's it's valuable for the rest of the people because we all we keep a we keep a picture up we have that picture up but we won't we won't let it talk to us we, we won't really say how you doing today but if we do we turn away right away because we won't have it start talking back because when it does he oh god he's talking about right well, for me the because may is very important and it's our blessed mother's month so to speak and it's always been dear to my heart and so there's been an increased activity with mary for me and it's so tender and i re i realized talk about is she my guide or not she's just one of my companions just like yeshua jesus is mm -hmm. but it's a it's something that i treasure because someone just sent me a picture of our lady in medjugorje and as soon as i as soon as i see that something inside of me just expands and i cherish those moments because there's eternity showing up for me and all the players who are in eternity already still helping out for my causes and the causes that i pray for people so it's been a very intimate time and i just remembered last night or the night before i turned over in bed and i saw a face in my in my face <laughs> it was, yeah at first it's like it it stunned me. I was like, I don't know if I should scream or not, but it was just, I didn't inquire who you were, but it went away. But for me, it's this breakthrough that's happening that that inner dialogue or 
during time that actually I'm, I'm a little ticked at it because <laughs> it's given me all this information of like, in, like I'm having a conversation with you instead of taking me to heavenly places where I really want to be. It's given me factual information. So it's a different way for me of, for my dream time. And of course, the irritation is now I have to write it down. <laughs> I really want to sleep, but yet there's this challenge for me that I know something new is coming through. So I'm grateful. Really important to point out, Padre, for a lot of us, the dream time is so important now. There's so many messages coming through and journaling, writing, drawing, painting it out is really important now because it's a little bit, again, like those scenes where you'll turn back and the guy doesn't talk, but it's because you're angry. And I know, and then we call them angry. You're angry because you have to wear dresses. <laughs> See, it was like, yeah, that's kind of me. You know, like, <laughs> let up, are you going to learn? And I didn't add that scene where he meets the teacher the first time. And he's frustrated because the teacher's just trying to have an introduction. And he goes, I have questions. I have questions. He goes, well, this was the first good meeting. We, I know your name. You know my name. This is <laughs> good. Goodbye. And he's like, no. And he was like, well, they can't talk to us when we're angry. We can't get any further. So sometimes in the writing, we're letting that, we're letting it unfold. It's yeah. a treasure hunt. It's a mystery. And, and writing it helps us get to that next step. Dana, you said something interesting about being angry. And I remember probably for the first year after Ron passed away, he would show up in my dreams, but he would never talk. Mm -hmm. And I never equated that, that I was mad that he went and left me with this. Celebrating life, what am I supposed to do with this now? Because everybody liked him, not necessarily me. But there was that anger, and I never made the equation until now. So thank you for that. I had that with my puppy when she died. I was angry. I, I loved it. It was a, the most wonderful experience I've ever experienced in my life. It was better than with my grandmother, to lift her spirit out of her body, up into that light, and have it go into me at the same time. It was like, oh, my God. But I was angry that I was alone. And mm -hmm. before she would show up. And then it would be like she'd sit in my lap and lick my face. I'm like, what? It's <laughs> like, oh. She's here. I can feel her. And of course, then she started teaching me lessons just like those guys did. And I get mad about that because she'd ask me to follow her driving. Oh, we're going to do something really important. And as I said, share this in my class the other night, we, she took me to a bookstore because I was a sucker for uh, a new book that'll help me. Something. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then we got to the bookstore and she, I'm on my motorcycle and she has me stop. She goes, okay, <laughs> sitting on the pavement in front of me, the asphalt. And then she just sinks in the pavement. She goes, do you, and then she comes back out. She goes, do you love me? And I go, yeah. Then she sinks into the pavement and like it disappears. I'm like, okay. She goes back out. Do you love me? And I go, yeah. She goes, do you love the asphalt? Like, I go, no. I don't like man-made things. I have prejudices. I realized I had a lot of angers about different things in the world. And she went into the asphalt and said, "Well, I'm the asphalt." <laughs> I was like, yeah. love it. That's beautiful. Well, at the moment, I was. Thanks very much. <laughs> kind of like what Padre is saying after the dreams. Like, oh, I gotta write this down. God damn it. <laughs> For something like, you know, miracle. <laughs> so, Bobby, what's new with you, my friend? Well, I've been doing a lot of remembering my childhood, and which has been really interesting. <laughs> you just never know when things are going to come up. And it's been a really good time because I've had to really accept some basic things about me. You know, I, I have I have ADHD, if, if nobody knew. <laughs> so I have a lot of energy. 
And as a kid, I really suffered from that because it was a problem for everybody. As an adult, I've learned how to work with it by, by running energy, by healing, by praying, by being fascinated with color and, and beautiful things. So if you've ever noticed, I have things everywhere all the time because that's just how my brain is. And I had a lot of judgment about that. You know, I didn't realize how much I judged myself until recently when I've been really looking at it and just letting, freeing, freeing that up. And, and, and now I'm, I'm actually fascinated by my brain rather than uh, in, despising it or being irritated by it or being, being irritated that others found me irritating, <laughs> dangerous or scary. And so it's been a really, it's been a really good process just getting in touch with sort of a softer self-perception, let's say, or a kinder self-perception and realizing that just like anybody, I've, I've just always wanted to, to grow and contribute and love and be loved. It's not, nothing, nothing outside of why we come to earth. And so one of the things that my my guides have been working with me on is getting in touch with some of that growth, but also doing it in a way that's also reminding me of some basic things that, that I knew, but I had forgotten or we haven't focused on in a long time. So lately, my guides have been helping me to work with some interdimensional types of experiences and, and, and also working with our group, the, our prayer group. So it's been really, really fun. And it's, it's exciting to realize that it's a never-ending journey. There's always, there's always something to discover when you're opening yourself to the divine's nature. Yes, and I was, as we're entering into re-entry, we're often in the mind about how to do it, but my understanding is it's about what are we going to radiate? Yeah. Who are we going to be as we do that? So as we enter into the prayers tonight, I was wondering if, while we're doing the prayers, if, if as we each do it, even if you want to do it in silence, I would, I'm inviting you to show everybody how you're re-entering. Because start first before even saying your prayer and just be the presence so that everybody can feel their presence. I mean, and those in the audience, I don't want you to sit and watch this again. This is interactive, and they've been working on you the entire time. They, like all my talks, half of you are asleep. But part of it was to get the guides and angels to come in and start working on you because we have to shift. And in that shifting, we become that service. You know, you didn't really, you know, the hard thing about an actor is they're not, when you, you, you try to create a vibration that makes you look reduced. And he played a great angry guy in the beginning. And by the end, he had more clarity. I mean, he's still limited that he isn't able to bring down Holy Spirit through him, et cetera. Where well, this is what everybody on this call is trying to learn to do. I don't want to become a great actor. I want to learn how to really be the space that I want to be. So as we start, I would like to share with you my prayer. And then I'll ask Bobby to pray. And then I'll ask uh, Padre to close with his prayer. So as we start, I'm going to just sit in this place first. This. You can always feel it. You can feel there's a tug and a shift about not being it, but wanting to be it. And then I can radiate it across time and space. 
and I'm not limited to just my room, or this house or apartment or apartment complex. My intention is to radiate it, not through this computer, but all the way across the planet into your room. Not me personally, but a healing tone. In that space as I offer my prayer tonight, I thank you, God, for your grace. I thank you for your light, your wisdom, your patience, your understanding of my struggle, and your willingness to always throw that rope that I crawl back up on the boat that I jumped off of. With that gratitude, with your grace, I ask you to, to let me be a vehicle. I, let, I ask you to let all of us be a vehicle. May all of us share our light now. And let that light go to wherever it wants it and needs it. There'll be places that are darkness and they don't want it. There's places that are light that don't want it. But there are places that do want it. And rather than forcing and controlling and making something happen, all I'm doing is feeding what's hungry. As Jesus said, you can't throw pearls to swine. And if you throw seeds on dry ground, it doesn't sprout. It's important to understand any healing, to spread it where it needs to go, where it will sprout. And right now I ask, I command that it sprouts in all those areas in your life, in your family's lives, in your city's lives, in your county, your, your state, your country, the world, the universe, the other universes, the bardos, the hells the places where people are lost, those looking for that final shift to change and be something different. May our hearts merge finally with no mind. May that grace be the expression of you now in this world. Amen. Dear Lord, you've been my best friend my whole life. You are a source of bounty and wisdom. And in this moment, I ask that you come now fully, fully into all the crevices, into all the homes, into all the hearts of anyone who will encounter this recording or who's on this call right now. And please, start healing and ministering so intimately that no rock is unturned, that nothing is left behind, that your radiance, your light, your spectrum, your miraculousness, your sweetness and your peace just does what it needs to do to heal and restore there are some of us who are grieving deeply and there are others who are in need of the next step. It doesn't really matter. All that matters is that you come, that you are there and that each of us, myself especially, take your hand, receive fully that which you are offering. 
thank you for lessening my resistance and opening the container of my being so that I may walk with you more fully. And thank you for feeding and ministering to all my brothers and sisters. This is a holy day. Every day is a holy day, but today is especially, especially sweet. And so bring more of that sweetness through, the sweetness of the mother and all of her mystery, the sweetness of heaven and all that you want to give in your bounty. Amen. With that invitation of our blessed mother to, she's our great intercessor. And right now we can just send our petition from our heart to hers. Or send, tell your age of the go to our blessed mother with your special intention right now. For all those, our family members, our children, our pets, um, our neighbors, this country, everyone who is suffering. We just ask the great intercessor to our son Jesus go on our behalf. Jesus came with a, a word. Jesus asked us to repent. And that word repent actually means turn around or turn to the side. And if we think about us sheltering into place, we just need to shift our perception, change our thinking in order to see the light. Let's say eternal, which I talked about, eternity, being in that present moment. So just allow eternity to manifest in your home right now as the Father releases ministering angels. Because if we don't shift, if we don't allow change into our lives, we won't get to see the perception, the reality of the unknown world. And I believe this is the opportunity right here, right now, to experience the unknown world and allow it to grace you, to fill you, to bring miracles in your life to those around you just by an intention to pray, but also you praying for others in an intentional way. So just think of someone right now who maybe is in the nursing home that they would love to have someone to talk to. Your angel can go to their angel and you can speak to them. Stretch forth your faith. You have nothing to lose, but just stretch it forth. Allow the Holy Spirit to do her work on your behalf to bring peace and reconciliation to another person. I thank you, O Lord our God, for grace tonight, the infilling of divine grace in our homes, in our bodies. I really sense the body healing right now. I thank you, O Lord our God. Some of you, you're starting to burn up because of the flame of the Holy Spirit. You give access by your willingness to repent, by your willingness to change. Right now, the activity of heaven, the fire of heaven is beginning to stoke in you. And just like stoke the fire, the winds of change is gonna happen, but they're gonna be miraculous. It's not gonna be anything out of fear. It's gonna be the, the celebration of your heart's desire. I thank you, O Lord our God, for first shifting our our mind, to put on the mind of Christ, but also as we walk in divine health, walk in divine healing, 
Thank you, O Lord our God, for this gift tonight. I just stretch forth my hand as God stretched forth his and her and all the angels, the saints, the sages right now. Feel their heavenly embrace. And some of you, you'll even be spoken to in a verbal way, giving you the information you always desire to know, that personal love, that encouragement that you are a beloved son or daughter. Thank you, O Lord our God, for this healing gift. And for those who've taken vows, whether it's a vow to be married, a partnership, joining together, or just agreeing that you will serve in some way, just follow, just activate that again, supernaturally. And what was dormant, set it aflame again. For we're entering into a new place, a new Jerusalem, as the scripture says, when we touch eternity. So we can actually feel that and experience that, even in our dream state tonight. Just allow eternity to manifest as we're all being called home to the mother, to the father. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for your healing love fail. And I bless each of you by the sign of love, by the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.